You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Marks. And we want to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks. All right, Mike. How you doing, man? We're all hooked up, ready to go. Made it through that lightning storm last night in San Diego, if you can believe that. It was was up here in L.A., too. Yeah. The Raiders must have brought that over. (laughs) Right. What was that about? (laughs) The bolts, man. The bolts inside the the helmet. They got it going on. (laughs) You know, all the announcers missed that. Yeah. And my man, Mike Marks, picks it up. That's right. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about bolts, let's uh, let's talk about that Monday night game. Uh, You know, a good showcase for quarterbacks. I thought the Chargers jumped out to a nice lead. And then the Raiders woke up in the third quarter, but it was just too little too late. And I, you always said, you going back to last year, that Herbert kid is something special. And he, he made some throws again. I like him. The more I see him play, the more I like him. You know, what, you know a guy with that kind of talent as a passer, first of all, he's, a, he's got terrific skills. But what makes a difference between a, just a good passer, even if you're really accurate and you can throw the ball really well, there's plenty of those guys in the league. But what makes him so different is what he can see and react to is remarkable. Uh, you like the great ones do, you know, and, and his judgment about things. For a guy his age, to be able to do those things is really remarkable. And combined with a high level of skill, it makes him pretty unique. What was going on in the first half with the Raiders? It well, looked they, like they didn't have – John Gruden didn't have things figured out, you know, with that, with that offense and, and opposing defense. And then third quarter, they start bombing away. And I'm, I'm going to pound the table on another subject once you answer that question. But what, what was going on there? Okay, so they, they've done their homework on John. And, and let me just say this about the NFL. In the first three weeks, the first game – the second game, you don't really know what's going on with the, your opponent. You know, you have one or two yeah. games. That, you got that kind of a book, and then from last year a little bit too. But after three games, you have a pretty good idea about people, you know, and how to approach the game. And John has always been a meticulous first down guy. So, and he always he loves these squeeze down sets. He never spreads anybody out right, much. Sets. Right. Right. So. You know what they'd gone, they'd done their homework on these squeeze down sets and how they're trying to get the ball deep, and they just took it away. And he just he kept trying to get the dink and dunk. And I was watching their linebackers and their their nickel and whatnot on the snap of the ball. They might have taken two or three steps back, but that was it. And they came downhill on everything and blew it up. And you know he's reluctant to go over the top. He just is. That's just not his thing. In the second half, he let him go over the top. You know, he said push the ball down the field. But that's right. John, and they knew that. But remarkably, they did a great job of shutting down their running game as well. Yeah. See, that Henry Ruggs kid, boy, I, I tell people this all the time. There's speed, and then there's ludicrous speed. I'm talking like Willie Galt, Cliff Branch, those type of guys back in the day that you think you've turned and gotten out of your backpedal soon enough, but you're three yards too late. And yeah. I just couldn't understand. You know that's come because they hit him 
early in the first quarter, I mean, third quarter, I want to say the first couple drives, and then they kept getting, they kept hitting them, hitting them, hitting them. I'm like, at what point do you back your safeties up? I, I think these secondaries these days, to a fault, they try to take away everything. Oh, I'm going to stop the dig, and I'm going to defend the post go as well. You can't do that. And I never understood. Well, just play deep to short in that situation. That almost got him killed. Yeah, I think I think what they had, had thought at that point was that they get to the quarterback before they could do that, that kind of damage with him. Mm. And uh, and I think at times they were right, but uh, um, the Chargers have got a terrific pass rush. They really do. You know, um, better than I thought. I was a little disappointed up front with the, the Raiders. Um, the Charger offensive line handled them pretty good in that first in that first half. But you know, Ron, it's just just like anything else. Um, we've always we always said this that you know the better coaches in the league, they have a game plan. Things aren't working well. You have to go back in at halftime and just retool everything, and that's a hard hard thing to do because you have to have enough offense to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, and John did that. He went in the halftime. He, he did, yeah. He did, and he came back yeah. out, and they started to do different things. Um, yeah. And they did confuse Carr a little bit, and then. He got rattled. Um, he's he's always been a guy that if you hit him early, he gets off the mark, so to speak. That's um, what Joey Bosa said this morning. In the and paper. then Herbert, no. on the other end, you can hit him all you want. It doesn't make any difference to him. No. You know, he just stands in there and makes throws. But Carr's always been that way. He's always yeah. whenever he's gotten banged up early in the game, he gets a little, he gets a hot hand there and what's starts dealing that ball out a little faster than he should. Yeah, Herbert just puts the slide rule back in his pocket, adjusts his glasses, and goes back to work like a mathematician. In- well, <laughs> I will say this: so the new head, uh, you know, their their coaching staffs on both sides of the ball, very very disciplined, very few penalties. Uh, I thought they had a great game game plan for him on both sides of the ball. I think, and I don't, I'm not familiar with their offensive coordinator at all, but I was really impressed with how they changed things up during the course of the game, the running mm-hmm. game. Uh, really showed its head there. And uh, and then, of course, what they do in the passing game, they take advantage of things as they as they come up, you know, and uh, they're different. They don't just they don't get into a groove in any particular thing where you can shut them down. You don't know what they're going to do at any time. And I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I, I like uh, Derek Carr's new haircut. You kind of look like Tom Jones back in the 60s, but I didn't see his haircut. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so no, that was, that was a shootout. That was fun. You know, all the fans were there, all the ra- old Raider fans and the ones that the new ones came over from Vegas. So that, that was fun. Uh, any other games this weekend might jump out at you in particular? You know, um, I think green Bay obviously is, is on well on their way back, you know, as Rogers, you know, that combination, you know, in the passing game between the two of them, is I think unique in this league. I think it's probably the one of the stronger ones that there's ever been. I think uh, between the two of those guys, that's pretty hard to stop. And then the, er, er, everything goes after that, you know, defense and their running game. Of course, they have a good running back and all that sort of thing. But uh, you're just never gonna, you just can't possibly eliminate them from the picture. You know, you just can't. But I think really the the Cowboys watching them play. I think that's the game that. I think it's proved that they have changed their mentality. You know, now it's been several weeks where they've really been balanced and, you know, where he's only thrown for like 250 yards instead of 450. They're both backs, but this time Ezekiel 
uh, got most of the load, right? Yeah. They controlled yeah. the clock and they controlled the game. And I think that's the winning formula for them. You know, they you're not in and out in three minutes. They have those seven, eight-minute drives and, and get a score. I think it's real sound football and they take advantage of their personnel. I think the Cowboys at this point are going to be pretty hard to contend with. And I, I was disappointed with um, – you know, the defense with Tampa Bay, but I realized too, at the back end, you know, they're, they're beat up pretty good. But I think when you watch that game between Tampa Bay and new England, I think it's really a solid process, which you're bringing Jones, the quarterback along with, right? right? So he didn't, he's never, he hasn't made any big mistakes. He's just really solid, high completion rate. And they're just getting him in and, and have getting him a feel for the game, right? And they're doing it the right way with him. And now as he gets more confident, I promise you a year from now, they add some more uh, receivers, maybe uh, another tight end or so that it gives him some big strike abilities there um, and with a good running back. And, shoot, he's going to end up being a really good player there. And who knows how good they could be again a year from now. They'll struggle this year because they're ultimately, uh, offensively, they're probably not quite good enough. But defensively, they've really come on with their, that defensive front they have. But I think Tampa's going to struggle down the, you know, through the season with uh, the back end kind of dinged up the way they were. The other thing that they did now, a typical, you know, typical Belichick. I watched him in the red zone, and they completely baffled Brady when he got down inside there. <laughs> you know right. what they did is they carried him. They played kind of a snub two man where the safeties played real low. But they yeah. locked up and played two man. So he, and I'm looking at the coverage. And I didn't really realize what the coverage was, and then I looked at it again. It's that's what it is. He's going to give him a look like it's quarters, but it's, essentially at the last second they come down press and they played two man. He had no place to go with the ball. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that game wasn't as billed. It was billed as you know the, the old and the new, and everyone got what they wanted. They saw Brady's comeback at, in the end, and. Uh, in the end, it was vintage Tom Brady pulling out the win. So, I don't know how he go. does it. You know, at his age, I'm watching him, and his delivery at this point is as fast, if not faster, than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago. Um, he is so compact and good throwing the ball at this point. I know he's slowed down with his legs and all that sort of thing, but what he can see and respond to, like we were talking about Herbert and these quarterbacks, is really remarkable. Now, he still has that skill. He just can't move like he did. But they still don't have – I don't know what's going on with their receivers in the perimeter. They don't have the selection of guys for him anyway to get the ball to him. You know, it, they're just not as good in, at the wide receiver position perhaps as they've been. But Are you run, talking about you talking about the Bucs or, or New England? I'm talking about the Bucs. The Bucs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, Evans was there. Uh, Godwin made some plays – but yeah, they didn't, they didn't, you would expect them to play bigger. I thought, I thought I'd see more out of Evans and, and maybe they gave him special attention, but I don't know that he's played to that level to, I tell to you, command he, that yet. They threw a lot of balls at him and he, at, at times he really showed up, but there's yeah. still a disconnect. They hit him on a seam going down the middle and, yeah. you know, Brady, I could see the, in his face, he threw it to stretch him. And he slowed down and tried to high point it. I remember that. And it looked like it was overthrown, and it wasn't overthrown. He just, instead of going and catching it over his head, he tried to stop and high point it, and it looked like the ball was overthrown. So, I mean, some of those things happen that will affect the game because that, that's a big play too there. So, 
there's still a little bit of a disconnect there with he and the receivers. Um, it didn't look good at times. It did not look good at all. They just weren't on the same page. The Rams game was interesting. You know, that the little man over there, Kyler Murray, is a problem. And it showed me a couple of things. It showed me why the Cardinals are the only undefeated team in the NFL, uh, because they seem very well-rounded, under the radar, well-rounded. They've got the quarterback who can move around, and they've got a little bit of a run game uh, with Connor and Edmonds. And bringing a Green in there as, as a receiver to go along with Hopkins Boy, that, that's a special combination. They present a different kind of problem for defenses now because you've got to treat Kyler Murray as a running back. And, and now you, you're, you're stuck with, can you stop the run but also handle both receivers on the outside? And they took the long kid, the corner for the Rams, to school because he, that, that pass rush didn't get there. He right. couldn't get it there. Um, and so and so they found the weakest link, and he was the weakest link. And I also noticed how they played Jalen Ramsey. They they didn't play Jalen Ramsey man to man all the time on on Hopkins. Um in the in the red zone they did a little bit, I noticed that, but in the in the field between the twenties, they had him playing almost like a, a, a curl to flat. Uh, player like a, 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 a underneath zone player and I think that's because they were afraid to have too many guys locked up running man-to-man with their back turn and now here goes Murray out of the pocket yeah you can't do that now not with him he's proved that I think he's the most unique quarterback in the league right now and the difference between he and Lamar Jackson is is pretty simple Majar Lamar Jackson can throw the football but not consistently well He's a one and done guy. If his guy's covered, he's not going to go through. He's a one and done guy, yeah. And and he can't, you know, he's he's going to look to run real soon. I mean, that's just who he is. And when he does run, he, he's very creative. He can do some great things, as we know. <laughs> the difference is Kyler is a, is a real passer. He had he can see and rack. He can get through a reprogression, and he's very accurate. He's got a strong arm. I mean, he's a real deal. His his only downfall is he's a little bit short. Right, but the the way you have to play him, he's so quick and he's so explosive. He's a little different than Lamar in that respect because his quickness, he's so sudden. You know, you just think he got him all of a sudden he's out of there, right? So, mm-hmm. I think with him, you've got to contain him because he's a little bit short. You just can't let him get outside. If he's going to beat you, beat you, and then you're going to have to you're going to have to hang somebody in the in the middle. That's the only way you can play him, in my opinion. You know. Do not let him outside. Don't worry about trying to sack him. Just contain him. And then uh, leave somebody in the middle that can go to him as he starts to move. So, um, And I would play a lot of zone. I just don't <laughs> yeah, think you can line up and play man. And yeah. I think if you play a, uh, and change up the zones, I'm going to try and confuse him a little bit. But uh, if you play man-to-man on him, you're really asking for trouble unless you're just going to pressure him. You know, back in the day, we used to try to play two-man and what always scared the, the bejesus out of our coordinators was if someone got beat inside. And we back then, we played everything press, okay? And if someone got beat inside and they caught the ball, they'd run forever Gone. because everyone yeah. else was locked up across the board with their back turned, number one. Number two, if you had a running quarterback, the guy could run 20 yards before anyone knew he was running. So we, that's we, an issue. We used to tell the quarterbacks, run when you see two men. 
if you have uh, two a uh, two technique and three te- technique, in other words, both guards are covered. Yeah. Right. Yep. And offset the back so the linebackers off to the side. If you don't have in the initial read, you need to get up the field with the ball and go with it. And that just happens. Even with Kurt would do that. He uh, Mark Bolger walked in against the Chargers for him about twenty five out one year. And they never saw him, just like you said. So two-man is a very scary coverage. It's fine if you're playing, you know, Big Ben now or somebody like that that's not going to move around and beat you with his feet. But that's the last coverage I think you'd want to use against a guy like Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen, I've seen guys get cut in, in, in training camp because they let people inside and they threw a check down or the quarterback took off and just ran forever. So, But, but Ron, you know, the – the weakest part of that coverage really is with the running back matching up on a linebacker. And so people didn't do it. They did it once or twice against us with Marshall. Marshall yeah. ran it inside. He beat him one-on-one and took off inside and, you know, it's he over. went 50 with it. Yeah, it's all over. Uh, so. It's over. Right. That, yeah. That's I left that part out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Greg Olson, that's the OC over in uh, Las Vegas for the Raiders. I, they, they had a couple pictures of him last night and, uh, He's been in the league a long time. He has been, yeah. Long, long time. Very experienced, so, yeah. So now, so who runs the offense, though? And I, I know John the answer does. to this, but John runs the offense. Yeah, John, right? John runs so, the offense, so what yeah. is the coordinator's role then? All right, so when you have a situation like that, uh, generally what happens is just like in New Orleans uh, with, with uh, Sean Payton. So the staff will game plan, and you're in, as a head coach, you're in there for some of the game planning and and you pick up the game plan and learn it really well, but you've got other things you got to get done. Yeah. So he runs all the staff meetings and he, they come up with a game plan and then he'll come in the head coach, John will come in and add some things or take some things out. But the busy work, that's what the coordinator and he'll organize the staff to get the day-to-day stuff done, you know, like the cards and the practice plans and, you know, all those things that the head coach just doesn't have time to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's how it works anyway. That, that's but. how, yeah. Right. Uh, but Buffalo. you know, oh, but you know something, uh, something that's really come up every year, and I don't know if fans really realize that, is the fourth game of the year is really who you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, when you look at teams, because like I said before, now you can look at three games of these guys from the season, not one or two, but three games is really enough to get a pretty good book on everybody. And you'll notice that scoring was down from what it was in the first or second week of the season, actually, you know, there are, there are more lower scoring uh, games other than uh, you know uh, Buffalo, <laughs> which does it. You know, they're they're going pretty good right now. But I think yeah. some of the, I think defensively too, some of those performances were really good out there this week. They did a great job of them. Yeah. Well, since we you mentioned Buffalo, let's talk about Buffalo. They dropped that first game to. Uh, to Pittsburgh and everybody, you know, now they're pointing fingers and they're, they're belly aching and this and that, but talk about correcting things fast. And uh, they, they blew the Texans out of the water. So what did they change? What got fixed? I think that first game was kind of an anomaly. Felt like op- it. Yeah. You know, but game, you, you've got all off season to prepare for that opener. And uh, you know, they got beat on the block punt is what it amounts to and yeah. scored with it. So yeah. I think that's that's what happened to them. You know, they lost on a special teams play. Um, and then because they've got plenty of yards in that game, he had a pretty decent play. They just didn't score points like they could, you know, and like they are right now. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't play particularly well, but he made some plays 
to keep the ball away from him when when he had to. So I think they play right now. I don't think there's any question um, that they would beat him soundly. Yeah. What's going on in Pittsburgh? Is this Ben? Is can't play ben? Yeah, he's ben, that's it. that's what it looks like. And I like Ben. I, I'm going to tell you too. that right now. I'm I'm a Ben Roethlisberger fan. He's brought he's brought some hardware into the building, if you know what I mean. Super Bowl rings. But it just looks like it's not working anymore. He's chasing that Tom Brady um, deal, and it's just not going to work for him. You know, he is—he uh, just doesn't have the skill level. He missed—he's missing a lot of throws that normally he just would never miss. And he can't move anymore. You know, he's uh, just not mobile. And he used to—you know—so big and strong. He's just throw him away and and move around and make a throw. He can't do that anymore. Yeah. Hey, let me go back to something here that that Dallas Carolina game that we knew Carolina didn't have Christian McCaffrey. He's he pulled that hammy uh, last week and he's going to be out at least another week on that one Uh, in a big day for Diggs, the uh, the corner there for for uh, Dallas. He's leading the interception, the NFL and interceptions got two there. I thought Darnold really played very well. And I, I mean, I like watching him play. He seems to make the most out of sometimes what is very little. And, I, and knowing they're not, they don't have the run game, what, is, what does Matt Rule do with that team right now? Do you just look at that loss and say, hey, we did the best we could with what we had. We played them tough to a point, and then it got away from us. Or do you try to reinvent your offense Ways. Well, you're going to have to change offensively for sure. I mean, you're going to have to do some things right. now just to get first downs, you know, yeah. you know, without the runner. So you're, you're going to have to change some your approach to the game for sure. I think the, the caution here was just don't let Sam go back to the Jets. <laughs> In other words, hand him the ball and say, hey, you got to win the game for us. You can't yeah. do that. And then he'll go backwards, and that's not that's just too hard on it. I don't care who you are, quarterback. You just that's just too hard. So they've got to give him, continue to give him those, you know, the uh, I call it uh, John Gruden offense, where you just kind of in the passing game, nothing's really over eight yards. You just dink and dunk and move them down and take your shots where you can get it. You know, you have to be, you can't make mistakes on offense, and that's don't worry about trying to make a heroic throw or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. move the changes, stay on the field, and hopefully get some sort of points at the end of it. And I, you have to be very, very patient on offense at this point. You know, you really do. And, um, you know, they hopefully, you know, I don't know who they have to back Christian up, but hopefully they'll get something going in the running game to help them. Yeah. How, how good is Dallas? I think Dallas is a Super Bowl team. You know, they've always had the ability. They've always had the players, Ron, I think. But – the key was when Mike came down there and looked and, and inherited that stuff, of course, they ended up changing the defensive staff, which ended up being a real good change for him. But the discipline just wasn't there. Remember, we always used to talk about when you watch the Cowboys play, it looked like a bunch of independent contractors showed up at the stadium and played and then got their paycheck and went home. Mm-hmm. That's not they're, – they look like a football team on both sides of the ball. You know, there's some real enthusiasm on defense. You can see them all chasing the ball. They're disciplined in what they do. And the, the back end now has showed up, which in the past, Ron, they're playing so much man. They, had, they must have had more holding calls on third down than any team in the league. Right. And offensively, right. they went back and changed. You know, they became more conservative because they've got two really good backs and let them play. You got to let your good players play. You can't get in there and throw for 450 and – 
And you look over there and you got two really outstanding backs sitting on the bench all day. You know, you can't do that. And they've, they've gone back to taking advantage of what they have. And then they're playing sound football and defense, which they haven't done for a long time. And their talent. I mean, they're as talented yeah. as anybody in the league. I think they are a Super Bowl team. They're certainly capable of it. Yeah. Hubbard uh, is the man who stepped in for McCaffrey. He had 57 yards rushing, you know, in their, in their attempt to try to sustain some kind of semblance of a run game and, and to show you how well that worked. Darnold was a second leading rusher. So, well, I mean, they, they'll, they'll, uh, I mean, you just do, you know, all of a sudden these guys, you know, a lot of these guys that are backups or starters just waiting to happen. That's just the way it goes, you know, and, you know, you can't abandon the running game. They'll, they'll get it going, but you have to change kind of how you run because they're you know, with Christian, you can do just about anything you want. Right. So now right. they have to be a little right. bit more conservative with the, what they're doing, the running game. Yeah. You know, Demarcus Lawrence has been, has been out with injury and it's funny ever since he got paid, he, it's almost like he disappeared. And I wonder sometimes what was I talking? I can't remember who I was talking to, uh, in, in the league last year about this, but they said, can you, can you tell me a, a running back that got a big contract? I know Lawrence is a defensive lineman, but can you show me a running back that got a huge contract and then had a great year or years after that? And I, you know, it's interesting. I, I really couldn't think of anyone. I can tell you one Marshall's Marshall fall. He got Marshall? a big contract and he, and he uh, okay. absolutely. And uh, I mean, yeah. there's a few of them that have that have really done that in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, Marshall is for us. He, you know, he um, delayed some of his money, if you will, pushed it back, restructured for you, yeah, restructured yeah. for, yeah, you know, for so that, for cap purposes. So, I mean, there's there are plenty of those kind of guys. When the guys that show up, they get the big contract and then don't play. They're anomalies. They're, that's not the 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 rule. I just. I mean, they stick out like a sore thumb, and mm-hmm. uh, I think um, I think they kind of that's the end of their career from that point on. After the end of that contract, you know, they treat him like he's got poison ivy. <laughs> yeah, and that's why teams are careful though about laying that big money on a running back. You have to be careful because, well, look at the situation the Rams got into with Gurley. They gave him the big big money. And I don't think he played the same as he played before he got the money. And then two years after that, they ended up shipping him out and they're still eating the dead cat money. Yeah. I think you have to be real careful about the personality. That's why you have to know this guy uh, intimately what he's made out of. And Ezekiel Elliott got all that big money and, and that was kind of said about him, but he wasn't given the opportunities. No, I, I feel different about it. You're right. Mike. Yeah. No, they just haven't been able to, fit him into what they're doing. Well, now they're, they're, they're doing healthy and all that. Like they yeah. should have done a couple of years ago. Right. So, um, yeah. and they're getting it right. They really are. They're, I think they're going to get better and better as the season goes. I, I think they'll end up in the final four one way or the other when the season's over with. That's right. 17 games here, folks, as we uh, discuss the NFL season, Ron Pitts, Mike Martz, run it again, podcast. Hey, let's uh, let's give one out to our guy Andy Reid, shall we? Uh, the Chiefs over the Eagles goes back uh, to where it all began, so to speak, for him as a head coach, and he sets a record, becomes the only coach in NFL history to have 100 wins at two different franchises. You know, Andy and I came in, uh, became head coaches at about the same time, and 
our wives got to be good friends when we met down to, you know, the owners meetings and whatnot. So I got to know Andy a little bit. And I will tell you, um, he, there's probably uh, not a guy more liked in this league than Andy Reed. He's generally a gentleman, one of the nicest <laughs> people you ever meet. Everybody, oh, yeah. Yeah. everybody pulls uh, for Andy. In fact, I sent him a text when he, you know, the other week when he had those uh, after the game when they took him to the hospital. Yeah. yeah I got an immediate right. response, you know, and I haven't talked to him or seen him in many, many years. So he just yeah. is, uh, he's somebody that you definitely would want to play for. There's no question about it. He's just, he's very smart. He, he, he has his way of doing things, but he'll change. And his ability to change is what made them so good on offense, you know, and, and his ability mm-hmm. to find good assistance and develop them is pretty remarkable too. Yeah, no, I, it's funny. I did the same thing, Mike, because our, our families are close and uh, we, we would always see their family out at the Pro Bowl for all those years because they could never get over that hump. And I think you had something to do that because you guys were going to the Super Bowl. But uh, he, just a, a great, great, great family man, great individual, great person and, and the type of person that the league uh, definitely should be about. You know, it's funny you said that we played them in the NFC championship game and we ended up coming back in the fourth quarter and beating them. And after the game, yeah, you know, you're not feeling too good. When you lose a game like that, you're not in the best of mood, right? So, but he comes over and he gives me a big hug and he said, "Hey, listen, go win this one for the NFC. You guys have oh, done man. a great job." I mean, how did how, you Isn't know? That's something. That's Andy, though, and he was truly. I mean, he meant that. He was as hurting as he was. He was excited for us to go play in this game, and I never forgot that. I never forgot that. He's just nothing but class, and he's. Definitely somebody you, you'd want your son to play for, no question. Yeah, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's not an easy thing to do after you lose one, especially a big one, is to go over and tell a guy, hey, uh, go win this one for us. It, yeah. The, you don't the have selfishness. that feeling in your, life, in your gut at that point. You know? The unselfishness of that is pretty remarkable. To, yeah. You know, I've been in that position where you lose that game and you, you just, you, you know, it's hard to come up with those kind of words, but it's the compassion and that he has is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Big win for the chiefs. Like I said, they're going to have to keep pace in that, uh, this, this new AFC West now that all of a sudden it's gotten real hot between the Raiders and the chargers in control and the chiefs now and, and the Broncos. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to say they're not for real, but I, I knew they needed to be tested. The Broncos did. And it made a difference. The Ravens. Uh, I'll say the top it for you. They're not for real, right? <laughs> How's that? Okay, there we go. I'll Good. take it on. You just I don't, take I don't that think, one. Yeah, take they, that one for the team, Mike. Yeah, that's they, right. It's like we started off at the Rams when we moved the team back to St. Louis. We started off. We were five and one, you know, and. We're feeling pretty good, and but when you looked at who we beat and how we won those games, they're almost some of them were almost by accident, right? So, right. but we got to those five wins. So we're, you know, after six weeks, you're five one. You're feeling pretty good. And then Saint San Fran San Francisco came in. We played them at the old ballpark there in St. Louis, and I watched them warm up, and they're very gracious. Hey, you guys are having a great year. As soon as the opposing coaches tell you, hey, how good you are and you're having a great year. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, Watch it's out. coming, buddy. It's coming. Yeah. They, they embarrassed us. That, that was a Ken yeah. Norton deal where he went down to the end zone on the goalpost and started beating it up like he's Speed boxing. Speed bagging. You know? I remember that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, I, I kept that part on tape, and I took it off and put it on a separate reel, and I kept it. So when I went back to St. Louis two years later in 99, when we went to the Super Bowl and won it, 
you know, before that first San Francisco game, I think which was game three of the season, that night before we showed the guys, because Isaac was trying to tell the guys how much it means to him to beat San Francisco, right? And we showed that tape and the embarrassment and how humiliating that was. And then they just rubbed your face in it. You know? <laughs> so Isaac goes out in that game and scores three touchdowns in the first quarter. You know? When a guy's that excited about playing somebody, you got to give him the ball any way you can. I you remember know, that, Mike. I did that game. Yeah. I did the game when you got him back in St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. And you, and you beat up on him. It was probably the biggest offensive explosion in, in that short period of time that I've ever witnessed in an NFL game, I couldn't believe the amount of points you guys scored in, with the, in the first 10 minutes of the game. And if I correct me if I'm wrong, it, Isaac had caught a bunch of balls early and some touchdowns and he got emotional on the sideline. About he did. Yeah. It. And yeah. And it was, it was an interesting moment because at first uh, one of my producers said, Hey, uh, He's he's hurt. He's 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 really hurt bad. Look, he's crying. I said, no, 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 stop. This man isn't hurt. This man is those are tears of joy because he's been beat up by this 49er team and embarrassed. And now he's getting his payback. That's what so that is. You're right. So in L.A., he went through that and experienced it. Then we experienced it in St. Louis. He experienced it there for four years. Right. Yeah. And, they're, and yep. they weren't just losses. They're ugly losses. That's and then, right. Yeah, and then to suffer through that, and some of the new guys in the team, they didn't really understand that. So we put that tape together, and that's why he was, you know, um, he was so emotional about it. Is I mean, he catches three touchdowns in the first quarter, and then and then right before the half, we throw another one to him. He catches a sixty yard over his head for a touchdown. So he ends up, you know, four touchdowns for the day and just having a remarkable night. And this had been coming for many many years. This was his exorcist of the 49ers so to speak and sure it was from that point on when we played the 49ers we just made sure that Isaac get the ball yep yep and uh boy that was that was something to behold Isaac Bruce had him right here on our run it again podcast and since we're talking Rams and like I remember also that was the 49ers coined the moniker same old Rams during that game. <laughs> yes, they did. When they beat up the – was Rich Brooks the coach then? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes. that's yeah. What, yeah, that's when Same I remember – Rams, you're right. Yeah. Dana Stubblefield walked yeah. off the field there in St. Louis after that game, and he, and he said to the camera, same old Rams. And, boy, that, I think, ignited it from that point forward. That led to – Well, we had Bruce that. Thing. Yeah. That, was, that was on our little clip, too. So what had happened <laughs> is Dana had actually scored a touchdown. He, he intercepted a screen pass. In fact, we oh. – we had two screen passes that were picked off and run back for touchdowns. It was embarrassing. Oh. Very first play of the game, we're yeah. all excited because we're 5-1, and one, and I'm over on the bench talking to the receivers, getting them ready because we kicked off to them. Very first play, um, they didn't have Steve Young. He, it was uh, – what's the the big quarterback from Michigan? What's his name? Um, oh, shoot. Come on, help me out here, Ron. Uh, big tall guy. Elvis Gerback. Yes, so Gerback <laughs> – Elvis. I, I'm I've got my back to the game. I'm talking to receivers, and all of a sudden, there's <laughs> crowd just going nuts. He does a bootleg and throws a deep post for 80 on the first play of the game. I said, oh "Boy, this is going to be a long uh, afternoon." You know? Yeah, they beat yeah. us up pretty good. Yeah, well, you got your payback. Well, we're we're uh, we got to close this out here in a few minutes, Mike. But since we're on Rams, let's stay on Rams. Here's my question about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford won a lot of games in college. Great college career, came out early. 12 years in Detroit, got beat up. Uh, 
how much of that Detroit clothing is he still shedding right now? I mean, has he, does he under, does he, I don't want to say understand clearly, he clearly he understands, but he's going from a franchise that might've played three big games all year long. He's already played big games and we're not even, we're barely out of the first month of the season. Does some of that have to to change for him? Does he got to change his mentality? Hey, I'm expected to win all the time in this place. I think 500 isn't good enough. I think it's an interesting point. I think the thing that he's going to have to be cautious of and be aware of, you know, he's behind in so many games in Detroit. It's up to him to bring it back. And so he starts to make some throws that he shouldn't try to make. And if you're not careful, you'll, you'll fall into that mode in a game like he got into, you know, with the Cardinals. And the only thing I've always was curious about with Stafford that bothered me, and I never really said this, but at inopportune times, he'll miss throws. You go, what? How did you miss that? He just, he just comes up and just a, a throw he should just make in his sleep. He just misses it. Exactly. It doesn't happen very often, but it happens at times where you think, what are you doing here, kid? You know, and he, but he does. He has that misfire every now and then that is problematic, I think. And I thought, well, now that he's, now that he's with the Rams, that's not going to happen, but it did. It showed up. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm seeing, and and that's exactly right. Mm. Okay, well, we're going to have to keep an eye on that one to see if. By by the way, Ron, if I can interrupt you just a second. Yeah. The defense just went to sleep with the Rams. Did you did you did you see that? Oh, oh I, I the I number one player in right. the league. He had three tackles. That was it. No rush. No pass deflected. No. No. You know, how can that happen? You know, this is the best player in the league, right? Yeah, I'll tell I you can, how it happened. Well, go ahead. You, you, no, you, I, I don't know how it happened. I, I just because yeah. I watch your defensive line, they, it's just not him. The, none of them showed yeah. up in that game like they have in the past. So, Mike, there was a game, and, and stick with me here now because I'm going to go down the road on this one. There was a game where the UCLA Bruins played the LSU Tigers, and the whole city of Los Angeles came out for it, and. The Bruins won the game, and it was so big, they actually had confetti on the field. I, I've, I got pictures of guys doing snow angels in, on confetti after week, week three. Okay. So now fast forward. The next week, they play these, this team from Fresno State uh, two weeks later uh, called the Bulldogs, and they look like they never played football again. Yeah. So uh, let's flip this over to the Rams. The Rams play the world champion and the GOAT, Tom Brady and, and beat up on him. To be honest with you, they, they, they beat up on him. Yeah. yeah, it was it really was never close in any regard. And so, guess what? Now here come the Arizona Cardinals. Well, you don't have the buzz anymore. You don't have people chirping. You don't have all of the stars that want tickets to this one. Okay, and so I think some of it's a little let down, and I think that's some of that's on coaches, some of that's on players, but also. Like we talked about in the beginning of the show, they got Kyler Murray. They got a guy who is in the hunt full speed right now for the NFL MVP. Good start. I know we got a long way to go, but a good start. And they slept on it. They slept on it. And I think for Stafford and a lot of other guys in that team, it was, all right, we beat the guys we had to beat. We're in our new stadium. Things are looking good. They're telling us we're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're the favorite. The Super Bowl is in our own hometown. We're going to do just like they did last year. Man, 
it's a long, long yellow brick road to the Super Bowl in this business. You know, that's a good point. Uh, but the really good teams don't do that. Ah, they're my, really, my, good, right. they're really, the really good teams. Good teams. They don't so we do don't that. know who's a really good team yet. So here's, here's yeah. the – but what's different about them is their defensive coordinator. And True. watch them from the very beginning of the season. They're not playing with the same pizzazz that they've played, even against the Bucks defensively. They're not the same, and they're not as creative. Uh, they're not as disciplined. Uh, they're not putting him in position, the defensive line, to make plays. Remember, they used to move them all over the place. Yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. not doing that with him. You know, they're not being creative with him and, and letting him be that wrecking crew, you know, Arnold. So there's just no – comparison between what they're doing this year defensively and this is a reason why the Chargers are so good that's why we said at the very beginning of the season probably the of all the the new coaches he will make the most dramatic improvement or impact on on anybody right of all the teams in the league so you know that's that's just kind of uh I think the biggest difference between all of them is is of all the situations the biggest difference there is the defense, you know, I think the defensive coordinator is not the same as we saw last year. And you hate to hang it on him, but there's no question that there was a big difference there. And that's up to him to make sure that there isn't such a letdown. Yeah, that, that was Raheem Morris you're talking about. And that was probably yes. him calling you right then. You know, you that's, a phone, that's a phone that's hot, that's <laughs> hardwired into the house and they just put it in. And they said, do you want it in all the rooms to make sure that it goes off? And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. make sure, yeah, make sure so we know the phone's on. Oh. That would go off while we're yeah. in the pocket. Has there been a podcast yet that we've done where my phone didn't go off or one you phone? You know what? That's our staple. That's the yeah. run it again staple. I think yeah. I'm going to have maybe, maybe Roy, if it doesn't go off, we'll call us in the middle of a podcast and, and I'll leave the phone ringing. <laughs> That's so. Roy, Roy Hamilton, our producer calling your Emmy winning producer calling us to, to tell us that we're, we're just about out of time. And you're talking about the, going back to the Rams thing, Brandon Staley, of course, the defensive coordinator at the Rams last year, last few seasons and Raheem Morris took over this season. So there's, there's always the chance of something different, a new dynamic, different chemistry happening when you have a coordinator change, the pieces may be the same, but uh, we'll see if the result is the but, same. But, Ron, when you look at Brandon Staley over the Chargers and what they did last night against the Raiders defensively, they absolutely shut him down. That's yeah. the same guy that was with the Rams week in and week out that did that. They don't have him there. And Raheem Morris may be a real good coach. He's not Brandon Staley. That's and he's true. not as creative. And he doesn't morph into what he has to do every week defensively to win. It's different than doing that and just running a defense. If you get into a mode where you're just running a defense, I don't care how good you are, you're going to get lit up. <laughs> well, they better figure it out in about three days because they've got the Seahawks on Thursday night in front of the whole nation. Yeah, no question. So that'll be interesting. Okay, Mike, that's, uh, that's it for us. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, who won the Fresno State Hawaii game over the weekend? Because yeah, I know was, who I know who was, won the UCLA Arizona State game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ron, that was played overseas. I still haven't got a score on it. I'll check you on it. You haven't? Okay. Yeah, they're still going. Well, let me know when you they played so <laughs> bad. They went over there and just laid a big egg. But you know what happened is I watched a little bit of it on TV and the defensive on defense are holding bags. Really? You know, they, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like right there, just like his practice. Yeah, the yeah, like team, the little team. Yeah. They look like a scout team. They look like <sighs> the the Globe Trotters are playing the what? What was it? The Washington? Uh, what was the, it? The Colonels or something like that that they used to travel with? Yeah, like you're a travel right. team for the Globe Trotters. What they right. look? That, that's that's, that's right. my team. Those are my guys. But I love Mike, the Bulldogs. You, well, of course, Mike. I mean, you're you're talking to both teams there, you know, before the games and everything. Well, that's and another you speak thing. All the team, all the time. That's another <laughs> thing. After beating UCLA, I go up there and speak to the team <laughs> before they play Vegas, who hasn't won a game. And Vegas goes out there and puts a about forty on them. You know, fortunately, they won forty six to forty or whatever it was. But yeah, my my talk to them didn't exactly get him going. Well, you'll get another chance this week. I'm sure they'll call you, and maybe you can talk to the Bruins. I'd be up for that. Well, the Bruins are doing well. Oh, They're really man. doing well. I don't know. They beat man. a good Stanford team. Now, that's a good team. Yeah. State, yeah. Right? What's that? Arizona State. Yeah, lost Arizona State. Now they got Arizona this weekend, so we'll, we'll see. Man. They'll beat Arizona. Hey, we got to talk about the upcoming games here before we get out of here. I almost, almost missed this. So – uh, well, let's just let's just go to Bills Chiefs. Now, Bills think they've got their mojo back, and the Chiefs think they've got their mojo back. So, what gives on this one? I'll tell you what gives. The offensive line still is not what it needs to be at the Chiefs hmm. for Mahomes. They're, they're, they're still yeah. not there, and, and of course, uh, Tyreek Hill is still you know who he is. Yeah. Uh, in the back end, defensively, they're not very good. They're just not very good. The Chiefs no. are not very good on defense. They no. get in front and make people one-sided, have to play catch-up football. They've won a bunch of games like that. Yeah. The team that they're about to play isn't the Buffaloes from last year. This is really, really a good team. I think the Buffalo Bills go out there and, and put a knot on their head, to be honest yeah, with you. Put a knot on it. That game's in Kansas City, so Buffalo's yeah. got to kind of uh, you know clear their mind of, of, of what went on in that AFC championship game and, and move forward there. Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys should take care of that one. Uh, I'm not going to – that could be a surprise, but I, I, I don't think they so. They should win that game, yeah. It's right, right. Dallas. It's in yeah, Dallas. That's in, yeah, yeah, that's in, in Dallas. Brownies, now they got the win. Baker Mayfield wasn't happy, uh, didn't score a lot of points. He didn't like some of his throws. They're coming out to play the Chargers. Hmm. This could be an interesting game, but definitely a, a good showcase of, of two good defenses and two good quarterbacks. You know, a good team, if you're a really good team, you have to be able to win those 10, <laughs> seven games kind of a deal, you know? And yeah, I just think the Chargers right now are too good. I really do. I think the quarterback is at a whole different level than just about anybody else in the league. And defensively, they're finding their way. I, I, I think it's going to be hard. You know how I love the Browns now. Mm -hmm. I love what they – I think they're really – they do one of the best jobs in the league of coaching. Uh, but it's going to be – it'll be a close game, but I do think the Chargers will win it. Packers at Cincinnati. This this has the potential to be an interesting game. You know, what's happened in Cincinnati, the reason why they've gotten so much better, they're better defensively, obviously, but um, the offensive line is, is has improved a great deal, but not enough. Just not enough. I just – Packers, I think it will still put – Put a licking on them. Patriots uh, in Houston. Yeah, that's a mood not, point. That's yeah. a mood point, really. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I like this one here now. Uh, the the Dolphins and Bucks. So it's been a long two weeks for Tom Brady, but he came away with the hardware like he usually does that that I think he wanted the most, which was that game up there in New England. Now they're coming back home, and they're going to take on Miami. 
Well, I think the thing that's going to be hard for Tampa Bay is their back end's gone. Their first three corners are gone. You know, they're so good up front. They're not going to let anybody run the ball on them. But, you know, my goodness, uh, if they can get anything going in the passing game, you know, what happens then if your back end's going, you just put as much pressure on the quarterback as you can. Just don't let them get the ball out. Yep, Davis is out in the secondary for for uh, the Buccaneers. They pick up Richard Sherman. My hat's off to Richard Sherman for for being able to do it this many years in the league. And, and make you might get that phone call, Ron. You I might. might. You've been working out every morning. You sure? You're darn right. You and you're drinking so? those drinks that you drink? Mike, I'm drinking plenty of tequila along with anything else I can find around here. I'm in the so fit, I'm I'm in the fitness protection program. I don't work out and I don't eat right or anything like that. The fitness protection program. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, listen, for that rookie minimum or veteran min- minimum that's out there, I'm going to at least try to give you one or two plays. I know I can get off the hash <laughs> one time. And then I'll, uh, I'll I'll pull up with a hammy and call it a day and We'll and put your free safety and play real deep. Just let you come real down here on everything. deep, man. There you go. And and I'll I'll take my my million five and and be out of here. Uh last one, let's go Rams Seahawks. Uh, up in Seattle, Rams Rams need to rebound. And Seattle's uh, struggling right now. I think they have a problem on defense. I, the Rams do. They're just not playing. They're underachieving on defense. I think anything can happen this game. You know, I think uh at at Seattle, I wouldn't be surprised to see Seattle win this one. I really wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're going to have to show something a little different. I mean, they got the 49ers late, but the 49ers are, I, I think, just a, a kind of a mess right now and still as, picking their way. As long as, you know, on offense, they don't misfire. I mean, they should win this game, even, even if the Rams aren't really up to snuff on defense, you know. Just yeah. don't let them have the deep ball, and they should win the game. Yeah. All right, Mike, that's all for us, man. I got to let you uh, fix my phone. (laughs) I know. I know you got a golf game waiting on you somewhere or something. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's for you, Ryan. It's it's Joe. Joe. Joe Mama. Joe Mama. Joe Mama. (laughs) (laughs) We had a phone when I was in college that (laughs) wasn't wasn't connected in the middle of the locker room on a you know, just a corded that wasn't plugged in. And we come in from practice and every day after practice, guys, we get our, our safety, you go over and get it. And he'd call somebody out. And, and of course you say, who, you know, yeah. just like yeah. you did. And it's Joe mama. Yeah. Yeah. Or these, and I, I won't, I won't go any further with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get on another platform before we get into right, that. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Fun as always, Mike. All right, Ryan. Talk see to you next, next week, week, buddy. Take care. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Well, let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Be sure to join us next Tuesday for a new episode as we break down the hottest team in the NFL right now, the 4-0 Arizona Cardinals. Don't forget to join us at runitagainpodcast.com and be sure and hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. Run it again with Ron Pitts and coach Mike Martz is a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ed Maloney, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at Run It Again Podcast.